Yesterday, I'm joined by Pistons writer Rod Beard. Rod, what's going on? Not too much, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate the opportunity. No problem at all. Pleasure speaking with you. The Pistons, man, they got a young team up and coming. I mean, right now they're on 14th, but it's a lot of quality players on the, on the team. He's got Keith Cunningham back. He's going to be a whole problem. I like that game where he hit. Well, he still the game other night with the left hand. That was crazy. <laughs> yeah, that that was a double crossover that was just yes, um yes. he just he that that was in the bag somewhere and he went and found it. <laughs> yes, yes. Um before we get started, tell us about your current on Detroit Noise. Detroit News, I'm sorry. Um it, it's going on twenty years, it'll be twenty years in uh, about two weeks or early December. Uh just started out like old school journalists did, covering high school sports, you work your way up, uh oh, and do some um College stuff. I covered Michigan basketball for five years, and this is year seven on the Pistons beat. Uh, but it, it's okay. just been a journey, just just working your way up and and getting the opportunity when it comes. Definitely, everything pays off in time. Everything. Yes, in the seven seventy fifth anniversary of the greatest sport ever, NBA. We had a lot of quality games this year. It's a lot of good games going on right now. Yeah, early in the season too, and and the, especially the way the Pistons schedule worked out, they had. Um, Cunningham Cake played against the number two, number three, and number four picks in succession, uh, and they went two and one in those games. They only lost to Cleveland, who's a much improved team too. But it's just fun to watch early in the season as these rookies start to stretch their legs and, and some of the veteran teams start to put it together. Yeah, we're early in the season. A lot of teams are. It's, it's a little, little cross exam in both conferences. I mean, right now the Pistons are only actually what five games out of first, which, <laughs> as I keep saying, as of last season, you never know. It could be a year. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, you you mess around with with the the standings this early in the season, and you end up like two games out of the out of a, a top three draft pick, and then two or three games out of the ten seed. So it's just right. You, it, it's so hard to figure anything out right now. But I I think you give it twenty thirty games, and then you can start see some seeing some separation between some of these. Like is, is the wizard stuff for real? Is Golden State going to be this? Uh, by the time Clay gets back and, and James yes. Wiseman gets back. I mean, all these storylines start to build that. Um, and, and COVID is the wild card in all of this is because you, you can get on a nice roll and then you got a couple of players like the Sixers who are out um, because of COVID and then it just messes with the whole mojo of everything you got going. Yeah, and it's look at that Ben Simmons thing going on over there. Oh, I, I, think, I think they need to end that quickly because they can't let that drag out. I don't think they can, but hey. It helps the Pistons, though. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, any, any way it goes. Definitely. Um, tonight you guys played the Kings. Very wonderful game at home. Um, what's your look, outlook on that game tonight? Well, I, I think the Pistons are, are – they can ride that confidence from as well as they played in Toronto on the second game of a back-to-back, which schedule-wise, that says that's normally always a loss, going international – doing all of that stuff, but coming back home and being able to play the Kings who are, are struggling a little bit themselves. Um, I, I think, you, like I said, the rookies are getting their legs under them, and yeah. Cade is, is starting to find where he fits with this team. And what I've been telling people is he doesn't need to score 20, 25 a game. He, he's more like a, a 16 point, and he can get five rebounds and five assists. That's when you feel like you're getting vintage Cade Cunningham and, and what he's advertised to be. If he's shooting that much and scoring that much, then right. that means he's probably not spreading the ball as much, and that's, that can be a problem for them sometimes. Right, and you guys have a roller coaster schedule coming up. There, the Pacers next, and then a few title contenders back to back to back. Like <laughs> a lot of experience coming up for the team. Yeah, and that that was the way the Pistons started the season. They started with um, they played Philly twice. Yeah. Uh, 
Brooklyn twice. They played Milwaukee. So the upcoming schedule can't be worse than what they faced already. This right. last stretch of three games was the, was the first ones they played against kind of mediocre teams. Uh, right. And getting Houston, uh, getting Cleveland, and, and Cleveland's been playing so well, and Toronto have been playing well too. So I think they'll find their sea legs under them, but they've just got to figure out and, and really be healthy too because Cade was out for, for quite a bit of the season. And right. Killian Hayes, same sort of way, and, and Kelly Olenek is out for about six weeks now. So they've just got to get healthy, and they've got to figure out how they're going to play and, and kind of who they are. Right. Yeah, this team is full of a lot of talent. I had the pleasure of covering a couple of players before they made the NBA. I'll cover Sadiq Bay when he played Villanova. And yeah. meeting with Diallo on Team USA training camp in Colorado. So let's see, both of those players are in personal before they got to the NBA. I saw this coming, but to see it there, it's just their growth is phenomenal, both of them. Yeah, especially in, in Sadiq's case that um, he, he's just an unassuming young cat that he's not about the flair and the everything else. And, and he was right. a first-team all-rookie last year, and he doesn't come out with that kind of swag like, I'm this thing and, and I'm the next big thing. He's like, yeah, I still got more work to do. I got to um, diversify my game and, and figure out how I'm going to get to the rack and, and dribble and handle a little bit more on the perimeter and play pick and roll. He's right. just a hardworking lunch pail guy. And that's what's going to last in this league is that he's got a work ethic that uh, is going to help him to get better. And, and Diallo's the same sort of way is that he, they haven't chipped off the, really the tip of what he is just yet. He's just very athletic, and you've got to put him in the right surroundings to take advantage of that and maximize that. Right. That's one thing I saw about Kate Cunningham from the beginning. His first game back, we all saw he was on the floor scrambling for rebounds, and that's what, that's, that's what personifies Detroit. It's hardworking. They, they love it and give a rising applause for that. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the, the thing about Kate, and, and um, I, I noticed this in, in, in Cleveland, he's very unassuming. He doesn't feel like a superstar, a number one pick who, who's holier than thou or better than now. He was sitting on the bench in, in pregame, and um, there was a kid and his mom, and the kid had a K jersey on, and they were trying to get a, a picture or an autograph or something. And security went, went crazy. They were like, no, 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 you can't. Blah, 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 blah. So K gets up, goes right around behind the bench, and shoes the security people away, takes the picture with the kid, and says, hey, tell your mom thanks for buying you that jersey. I mean, that – Nobody does that, and, and, and right. it's, it's, you don't have vets who have that kind of presence and that ability to calm a situation down, but then also, hey, kid, tell your mom thanks for getting you the jersey. Just the, to be humble and to be thankful for the kid is right. just – I was just amazed as I sat there and watched that thing. And then he just went back to his pregame prep. A lot of people just are in their routines and in their everything else, and they don't want to be bothered, but he knows and he understands, hey, i got to take the time out for this kid – and they're not a danger. It's nothing else that's going on. It's a kid that wants a picture. And so he, every time you see him, he's signing autographs and interacting with people. So that's refreshing to see from a number one pick because a lot of times you get something different from that. Definitely. Um, how important do you think it is for um, Pistons fans to be a little patient and let this develop? Because, you know, some fans, some teams get, like, number one picks. They want immediate results. You don't get that all the time. But this team, oh, like, as we mentioned, this team has a lot of growth potential, a lot. It's it's important for it to happen. That doesn't mean that it will happen. I think people expect him to come in the league and be, um, like I said, a 20-point-a-game scorer and be the point guard, the the ball handler for this team right off the bat. And last year they drafted with the seventh pick uh, another point guard, Killian Hayes, who they're going to end up sharing the ball handling responsibilities, but it's not, hey, give Cade the ball and get out of the way. That's not how – 
their rebuild is structured. They want to integrate him into what they're doing and have him be a, I mean, a medium scorer. If he scores 16, they're happy with that. But it, it's the other stuff. It's the, the rebounds. It's the assists. It's the diving on the floor. It's being a vocal leader uh, because, like we talked about Sadiq Bey, he's not a vocal guy. They don't have a vocal guy that, that jumps in and says, hey, here's what we're going to do. Even Jeremy Grant, who was there, um, played on the, the Olympic team, is a, a, a scorer and a player, but he's not a vocal, vocal guy that, that brings everybody together. And that's what they're counting on K to be. Um, Dwayne Casey, he's doing a phenomenal job with this team. The record doesn't show it right now because the team is rebuilding, basically getting it together. But I think he's the right person for this job. We all know what he did in Toronto. I mean, coach of the year. I think he's the right person for this job. What are your thoughts on Dwayne Casey? I, I think he – I don't think he took the job with this in mind. He He took the job when Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond and Reggie Jackson were still here. But right. he's a teacher, and he's big on development and relationships with players. And if you start out with a young team, that's what you want to do is, is start this from the ground up and teach them how to be good pros, how to be good basketball players. So the development group is going to be as important as anything else with how do you, how do you make Kate better? How do you make him more disciplined? How do you make Killian Hayes better? Um, and, and we've seen what they've done with Sadiq Bey and Isaiah Stewart, uh, making them all NBA or all uh, rookie team selections. So he is the guy. He's going to be the one that's at the head of this snake and really makes this turnaround happen. It's just going to take time. And as you said, it, it, fans have to be really patient with that and not look for this, uh, this Kool-Aid sort of turnaround where you just add water and sugar and, and you're good. It might <laughs> right. take two years for them to figure it out. But right. after those two years, it's going to be really fun to watch. Right. Yeah, the team is developing quickly. Um, what's the closer around the team, that the vibe you get from around the team? I think they, they understand it, and the people that they brought in, the free agents and everything, understand it too, that it's going to be some time before it really gets to be what it's supposed to be. Right. But until then, you just got to put in your work, and, and those guys stay after practice and get extra shots up. Um, they do all the things they're supposed to do, and there's the, the culture of it is the biggest piece. And, and the general manager, uh, Troy Weaver, has talked right. about he wants young guys who fit the culture of what they're trying to do. And so there was so much talk about Jalen Green versus Cade Cunningham. And if you think about the building of a franchise and the culture that you want to have, Cade fits what they want to do a little bit better than what Jalen Green does. Right. As I mentioned earlier, the um, Pistons are six, about, six out of first place right now, but only like two and a half out of that last 10 spot because of the playing. You think the playing might be a realistic goal for the team this year? Because that will give them a lot of experience. Every game yeah, is experience. I- yeah, it's a realistic goal, but the, the, the danger in the play-in is that even if you get there, you get a nice um, playoff-style game, you're right. probably playing the, seven, or the, the first or the second seed in the next thing right. anyway. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, yeah, you, you win a game, you, you get that, that little bit of experience, but you're getting your head knocked off more than likely in that next round. So I think it's something that they can shoot for, and if they get to the 60-game mark and they're, they're within screaming yeah. distance of the 10 right. spot, I think right. they, they play a little bit harder and they go for it. But at yeah. this point, the longer-term, bigger plan is what they're looking at. Yeah, you're right. They're looking at either right now, maybe the Bulls or the Nets. So, I don't know. We'll see, though. We'll definitely see. Um, this is playing a phenomenal stadium I haven't been able to visit yet, Little Caesars Arena. Um, tell listeners who haven't been there how great that stadium is. 
From the pictures, it looks crazy to me. I mean, you see it all the time, so you know better than me. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a it's a state of the art facility, and the, the the only downside to it is that it was originally a hockey arena. The Red Wings play there, and then the right. Pistons kind of came in later in the game, and they had to re- retrofit some things and make it a basketball arena, and so right. the the locker rooms and all of that stuff. But it's right in the heart of the uh, midtown downtown area. Um, a couple of blocks away from Comerica Park and a couple of blocks away from Ford Field. So it's what, what cities are moving to that have multiple sports teams that you want to have that synergy of having all of those pro teams downtown where people can get to them easily, accessibly. The, the, the days are gone where you went all the way out to the suburbs to try to find an arena and to go to a game. They want them in the heart of the downtown areas now. Right. Um, what, do you, what do you enjoy most about your own career? I know for me I love current games. That's the burden of current games sitting courtside. I love getting stat sheets. <laughs> I think it, it's just the, the access and you can ask questions. And, and this goes back to when I was in, in middle school and high school um, that you have these questions like, why did you do this or why didn't you do that or how did it feel to do that? And you get that level of access with coaches and players that other people don't get. And then it's the storytelling that comes after that. Like, how do I, how do I frame this story? How do I tell this story where somebody's going to understand the level of excitement, the, the, how hype it was that this game winner went in or, or they got this defensive stop or whatever the case is. Or, or talking about the Kay Cunningham play, how do you describe that play? In, in a way that people are going to be excited about it. And so it, it's that part I, that I think I enjoy the most is being able to ask those questions and, and talk about that stuff. Yeah, the Pistons recently um, just made Ben Wallace, the legend, the Detroit Pistons legend, part of the front office as an advisor. I had the pleasure of asking him questions when he got enshrined to the Basketball Hall of Fame. Um, we all know about the Mouse and the Palace, but, I mean, that's not what he's really remembered for. He's one of the greatest rebounders that I know, honestly, in the NBA, and he did it undrafted. I want to talk to Ben Wallace to what he brought to the Pistons' legacy. Yeah, I, I think he was just the throw-in in the Grand Hill trade, and um, people didn't expect a lot out of him. And it, it just yeah. shows that he was a single-digit scorer. He was—you don't have to get to the Hall of Fame by being this. You got to average twenty-five or thirty points a game and, and a double-double and something else. There's so many places for guys like a, a Dennis Rodman or a Ben Wallace to be able to make it to the Hall of Fame. Um, but he was just a hustle. He embodied that uh, blue-collar spirit and that hustle of Detroit, and he wore the fro, which was kind of relatable to people. Um, but, I mean, he's just one of the great Pistons that you have, that, that he still comes around, he's still working with the young guys now, and he's a good ambassador for the game and for the franchise. Yeah, I, was asked, I asked him about that championship team he was on, that the Pistons were with him and Chauncey Billups and Rip Hamilton and company. That was a special team. It showed that you didn't need a true superstar. I mean, they, they were a group of all-stars, but didn't have a clear-cut superstar on that team when they won the championship. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's he's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Chauncey's right there. I mean, it, it's, right. it, it just tells you about the composition of teams, and that was something special that they were able to harness, that you, you people know Rashid, but they don't know how good Rashid really was. And, and he kind of tamped down some of his – his scoring ability and everything else to fit in that team concept. And he, he played a lot of, of kind of center for them in power forward. He was a stretch four before they really even had stretch fours. And Ben was just like this undersized center, but he did so many other things that he played. He was a, an excellent weak side defender. That team is just, just goes down in Detroit history as the lunch pail, lunch bucket team that just figured out a way to win. And they beat Shaq and Kobe. That, that tells you something yeah. there too. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. 
Rod, thank you so much for your time. I definitely out in the future. I'll have you back. Trying to have you back on. Thank you for your time. Anytime, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. No problem. Okay. Bye. Yes, that was a toy Pistons writer, Rod Beard. Thanks for joining me. Catch you next time.